one and speak against my borrowed innocence. The judge is my defense. I'm going free. Right when the gavel fell, freedom bell ring through the gap. You stand with us as we sing verse two. I won't go back again. Welcome to Word of Life Chapel. Would you take a moment to turn around and greet someone around you in Jesus' name and tell them I am free this morning.
That was a pretty abrupt quiet. Usually it kind of just dies down very slowly, but it was like, bam. Good to have you here. It is so good to see each one of you. A couple of announcements to make. There's no junior church today, uh, so parents, please keep that in mind. Uh, tonight there will be youth group and prayer meeting both. Um, so we're kind of getting back on track again. Don't forget also the Bolivia Fundraiser Kickball Tournament. That's this Saturday on July the 7th. And then uh, let me make an, an announcement. I know this has been going on for a little while, but um, on Sunday mornings at 8.30, there is a prayer group downstairs that prays specifically for our nation. And uh, this is probably a good Sunday uh, since on Wednesday is the 4th of July uh, to make that announcement. If you care to pray, please join uh, these folks downstairs. Now, being uh, very close to uh, the 4th, uh, we're going to sing a song, uh, God Bless America. We're going to sing through it twice, and um, then we'll have a time of prayer. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. Let's stand. I think we need to stand uh, to sing this song. God bless America, land that I love, stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above, from the mountains to the prairie. White with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet. that one more time. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above, from the mountains. To the prairies, to the oceans, white with foam, God bless America.
Yes, someone told me that earlier this morning. Thank you. Thank you, you may be seated. And if you're wondering what Leonard was whispering to me, <laughs> which I'm sure you are, um, we learned just this morning, I learned just this morning that Gene Heaster had passed away. Um, Gene and Alice Heaster, of course, were uh, quite involved with New Tribes Mission, and um, we actually supported them for a number of years. They were here many, many, many times. I know a group uh, years past had gone down to, I think it was Mississippi, uh, to help in projects. So, um, you know, Gene and Alice were quite involved with, with New Tribes Missions uh, quite a number of years ago. And so we are saddened to have learned of his passing away. Also, Reed Lebo, as you see in your bulletin, he is scheduled on Friday to have a hip replacement. However, um, he has an infection right now and is on antibiotics. Now, if these antibiotics clear things up, they will proceed with this hip replacement. If not, then it may be rescheduled. So um, keep that in mind as you uh, pray for Reed Lebo. Let's come before our Lord this morning. Father, we thank you that you have, in so many ways, you have given to us freedom. Father, what a wonderful word to be free. Free to make choices, free to live in this nation, freedoms, the freedoms that we have in Christ. Father, we know that these are gifts from you. Because, Lord, all good things come from you. And we thank you this morning that you have allowed us to have the freedoms that we so wonderfully and gratefully enjoy. Father, we were saddened to hear of Gene Heaster's passing away. Lord, Gene was one of those faithful, faithful stewards. One who... Father, stuck with the stuff. Lord, he finished the race, and he now is in your presence. Father, he has made an impact on many of us. Father, we thank you for his life. We thank you, Lord, for his ministry. We thank you, Lord, for his faithfulness to you. We pray for Alice. We pray, Lord, that you might grant her peace that passes all understanding. Lord, you might comfort her during this time. But Father, we are thankful that Gene now is in your very presence. And Father, in that we rejoice. We pray for Reed, Lord. This week we pray that the antibiotics would remove the infection so that he would be able to have this hip replacement as scheduled on Friday. Father, we thank you again for this country in which we live. Lord, we declared our independence, and we now are free. We thank you for the freedom of worship. Thank you, Lord, that we can come into this place and not have to worry about these doors being barged through. We being hindered to be able to worship you in spirit and in truth. 
Father, we thank you for our freedoms in Christ. As Pastor Tony will speak in just a few moments. We thank you, Lord, that we know you in a very personal way. We know you, and we know that we're in your family. And with that comes so many blessings, so many freedoms, because of who we are. Father, we deserve none of this. We earned none of this. Father, by your grace, we are free. Father, now I pray that you would continue to bless our time together. Father, this is the day in which we will, in a little bit, we'll celebrate communion. Father, it's a time when we remember you and all that you have done for us. For God, you so loved the world that you gave your one and only Son. Father, we remember what Jesus did on the cross. We remember the blood that was shed. Lord, help us to never forget that. Father, help us not just to remember what you did on days like these, but, Father, through the course of each week, every day, every hour, Lord, our mind should be focused on the things that you did on our behalf. So we thank you, Lord, for the things you've done for us that we could never do for ourselves. You're a great and you're a wonderful God, and we pray that you might be glorified in everything we do this day. In Jesus' name, amen.
therefore now no condemnation no condemnation no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus those who are in Christ Jesus for the law of the spirit of life has set you free set you free from the law of sin and death now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom there is freedom there is freedom and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another for freedom Christ has set us free for freedom Christ has set us free for freedom Christ has set us free Christ has set us free stand firm therefore stand firm stand firm stand and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Through this man, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. To you. To you. Proclaimed to you. And by him, everyone who believes is freed. Is freed. Is freed. Freed from everything. 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 Freed from everything from which you could not be freed. By the law of Moses. So... If the sun sets you free, if the sun sets you free, if the sun sets you free, because the sun has set you free, because the sun has set you free, has set you free, you will be free. 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 You will be free indeed. Freedom! 
It was declared on July 4th. What year? Does anybody know? Better be careful before you shout it out. What year? It's on the front of your bulletin if you're not sure. Right? 1776. Freedom. Very special word. This morning we're going to look at another freedom. And maybe today, if you've never given your life over to Jesus, today will be the day that you do that. And you are freed from the bondage of sin. If you could open your Bibles with me this morning to Romans chapter 8, we're going to go right into it. We have a full morning this morning and uh, have the, be remembering the Lord's Supper here in a little while as well. Romans chapter 8. There we go. Verse 1. We're going to start on verse 1. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version this morning. Here's, here's what the Bible says. Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit I think I'm going to need you guys to switch it for me there. You can go to the next slide there, Dylan. Thank you. You, however, are not in the flesh. Oh, I think, I think we skipped one. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. 
If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Would you pray with me? Lord, we ask this morning that, Father, you would speak truth to us. Thank you for the freedom that we have in Christ. And Lord, I ask that this morning that the truth would be communicated clearly. Lord, may it be your words and not mine. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You and I were once in bondage to sin, right? See, when you were born, when I was born, we were born sinners with a sinful nature. A slave to sin. There's nothing you could do prior to being born to not be born a sinner. You are born a sinner. I was born a sinner. Romans 3.10. None is righteous. No, not one. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we see that throughout Scripture as we can look at other verses that talk about righteousness and, and, and God's holiness that we alone cannot match up. We do not. Our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. Maybe you're thinking this morning as we start, this is, I, I've heard this before, this is you know, really Sunday school-ish, right? And, and maybe some of you, you've never heard this before, but either way, you're going to hear it this morning. Because it's how we, how, how we explain the beginning, how you understand what do we have freedom from. Because we should remember that all the time because it, it still doesn't make sense in my mind why God would send his only son that kind of love I can't comprehend for someone like me. I'm just so thankful for it. See, the reality is when God made everything, he looked and said it was good. However, man turned against God. Man turned against God. And thus we needed a savior. We needed a redeemer, a restorer, someone that could bridge the chasm that sin had created between God and man. A perfect sacrifice. A perfect life. And it could only be fulfilled through Jesus Christ. God's only son. And he came and he lived his perfect life, making no mistakes, doing nothing to deserve the penalty of death, carrying the weight of my sin and your sin on his shoulders on Calvary's cross. He took my penalty for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. A perfect sacrifice he was. And today we remember that sacrifice, the Son of God, Jesus, who came. He, he fully lived here on this earth. He was fully God, fully man. He lived, he healed, he taught, he loved, he suffered, and ultimately he gave his life for you and for me. Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to die. He did what you and I could never do. It was impossible for us to do that. He came 
live this perfect life. And, you know, as I think through this, man, I try. I try to be the best husband that I can be and, and to, to not make mistakes. But, but, man, there are times when I am not very patient. Right? I can't believe Sarah's not, you know, saying amen. Right? That's amen. She's sitting there. She's not even saying anything. Amen. Right? And there are times that, that, that I, I want to be better at this and better at that, but I, I'm going to continue to make mistakes on this side of glory, right? Right? We all are. Because we all fall short by ourselves. And so we, are, we were in bondage to sin. And there was nothing that could be done that we could do on our own to free us from that sin. But Jesus came to pay that penalty. And Romans 8 verse 1 declares that if you are a part of the family of God, you are free in Christ. And there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Look with me at the first verse. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The weight of sin. It was bore on the shoulders of Christ on the cross. Your penalty has been paid in full. There's nothing that I can do to pay anymore. It's been taken care of. But here's the important part, and I think that sometimes we, in our, in our post-Christian world that we live in, where, we, where everybody tries to say that there are so many different ways to God, and that as long as you're a good person, it's okay, and it doesn't matter how or what you believe in, the Bible is so clear, there is now no condemnation for those who are in what? Well, what does it say? Christ Jesus. That's very specific. <laughs> That's very specific. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And, and as we continue through Romans 8, we're going to see this idea continue to be emphasized that you have to be in Christ Jesus. There's either in Christ or in the flesh. It's one or the other. You're either saved or you're not saved. And this is such an important thing for you to hear this morning. Because that's not what Satan wants you to believe. That's not what the world tells you that you should believe. Instead, it's that there is so many different ways. Everyone is good. Everyone is going to heaven. Everyone is this. Everyone is that. It's almost, almost just live your life as whatever you think is okay. That's not what the Bible says. And we see so clearly here in Romans 8 verse 1, there's no condemnation. We are free in Christ, but the key part is in Christ. In Christ. It's not what I did. And I'm going to tell you this morning, it's not what you did. It's not what you did. It's what Jesus did. It's what Jesus Verse 2, for the law of the Spirit has set you free, again, in Christ Jesus, from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh. Now, 
God's perfect standard. You and I alone cannot meet it. Impossible. By myself, I can never live up to God's holy standard. There's no way. But God sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And I think it's important that we look at this word likeness to make sure that we do not confuse it. Jesus had no sin in him. He was not sin. There wasn't an ounce or a speck of sin in Christ. He sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Jesus was fully man. But if you remember, if we take a, from the Apostles' Creed, right? Conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Right? And as we see in the beginning of the Gospels, that, that Jesus was through the Holy Spirit and through the Virgin Mary. He did not inherit the sinful nature through Adam. So there was no sin in Christ. But he came anyways. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. That you and I could now be in relationship with God. And again, Paul says, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And I want you to hear this this morning because as I was working through this, this idea just kept jumping out of the page at me. And, and it's this, that, that, that there's, there's two choices in this life, right? And, and we know that. We know that. It's to surrender your life to God and, and to, um, to give your life over to Jesus, to believe that he died on the cross for your sins and believe that he resurrected from the dead according to the scriptures for your sins. The surrendering of your life to God, declaring that Jesus is Lord or not. The consequences for not believing are beyond explanation. We summarize it and, and, and use the word that is given to us in Scripture, the, the word hell. But we can't even explain how horrible and horrific of a place is going to be. We don't talk about it very much. It's not a comfortable thing to talk about. And I know Pastor Bob has mentioned before that, that there should be such a conviction in our heart in talking about it. It's not something that we just spit out. Because it's a terrible, terrible, terrible place. But as we work through Romans 8, I think it's important that we just make sure we all understand that there's only two choices in this life of eternal consequence. And this morning, if you are not in the spirit, then you are in the flesh. And I hope you hear that this morning, and I hope that if you've never given your life to Jesus, that you'll come and talk to myself or Pastor Bob after the service, because the reality of it is that each moment that you do not give your life to Christ is a moment too long. Because we don't know what's going to happen. That's out of our control. Paul continues to draw a comparison here between the, uh, those who live in the flesh and those who are in the spirit. And, and here's what he says in verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh 
set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. There, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. What does it mean to live in the flesh? Well, just look at this word, hostile. Hostile. Those who are in the flesh are hostile? That goes against everything that we hear in the world today, that everybody's a child of God, and, and, and that's, that's not the truth. We're not all a part of the family of God. If you've never given your life to Christ, if you are not in the Spirit, then you're not part of the family of God. And I tell you that this morning, not to make you upset, but out of love. Because why wouldn't I tell you that? If, you're not, if you do not believe in Jesus, you are not a part of the family of God. We want you to be a part. But that's such a, an important thing for us to make sure that we understand. Because that, again, is not what the world wants you to believe. And I, I think it's so important to see it emphasized through Romans 8. What does it mean to be hostile, to be against? And then we see at the very end, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. No amount of money, no number of consecutive church attendances, no amount of volunteer hours can someone in the flesh do, give, in order to please God. It's impossible. Because that person has never recognized that they are a sinner, that they're in need of a Savior. The mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That's a very tough statement to think about. But why wouldn't God be happy with a $1 million donation from someone who does not believe into Compassion International. The mind of the flesh cannot please God because that person has never recognized that they're a sinner in need of a Savior. And until that moment, until the moment where they surrender their life to God, there's nothing that they can do to please God. But you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Now we're talking to believers this morning. If in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Paul goes on to talk about believers, you who are in the spirit. 
Those who are in the spirit, your mind is focused on different things than those who are in the flesh. Those who are in the flesh are focused on worldly, earthly things. Things that eventually have no eternal consequence. And it's easy for us sometimes as believers to begin to fall in that mindset. But that's not what we are to do. You are supposed to be focused on the Spirit of God and on the things that God has, on God's business. For those who are living in the Spirit, your mind will be on godly things, on God's kingdom, on His church. You're focused on completely different things than those who are in the flesh. Paul goes, and this is the last time I'm going to point it out this morning, but I just want you to to, to hear this and understand this this morning. Look at the second line down, all the way on the right. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. I I just want to to, to make sure that we're clear on that this morning. Because I can tell you, I've, I've, I've had songs before that have come in front of me that talk about every person being in the family of God. And, and that's just not the truth. And the reality of it is, is if, if I tell you that, I, I'm not loving you this morning. And I'm lying to you. And we see in Romans chapter 8 that that's not the truth. That anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, but if Christ is in you. This morning as we, we go and, and we partake of the Lord's Supper. We remember coming from a place where we deserve no forgiveness. Nothing I could do, nothing I could say, no amount of money I could pay was equal to the debt that I owed. But there was one the Son of God, who came to pay that penalty. And I encourage you this morning, as, we, as the bread and the cup are passed around, that, that you don't allow yourself to just fall into, oh, here's the bread, wait until everyone gets it and eat it, but you really reflect on what Christ did for you. And what Christ did for me. Would you pray with me? Lord, we are so thankful for the freedom that is in Christ. That there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, my prayer this morning is if there there is anyone here who has not given their lives to you. Lord, that you would convict them. Father, you wouldn't let them leave this place without giving their lives to you. Lord, we know the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And Lord, as we look through the different scriptures this morning, we know that we are all sinners. Lord, there's no way we could keep your law.
We are so thankful for Christ coming as our sacrifice. Because, Lord, you know that there's nothing we could do to earn it. Lord, we don't deserve it. But, but God, your love for us goes beyond our comprehension. Lord, I ask this morning that you would speak truth to us. Father, as we partake of communion, in Jesus' name. cross that we are free. Take your hymn books, if you would, and turn with me to hymn number 148, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross on Which the Prince of Glory Died. Let's stand together, please, and we'll sing this song just before we partake of these elements. you may be seated. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 uh, these words of Paul when he says, For I have received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, 
The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took a cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Communion is a time of remembrance. It's a time in which we remember the body and the blood of Jesus. In just a few moments, the men will join me at the front of the church and they will pass to you plates. The first one with bread. It's a reminder of the body of Jesus, the body that was on that cross, the body that was broken for you. The cup reminds us of his blood. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Your sins have been forgiven only because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so as you receive these elements, Please hold each one until everyone has been received one. The men return to the front and then we'll eat together. And it is an indication that we are all part of the body of Christ. And so if you know Christ as your Savior, we invite you to join us. This is a time in which we as Christians, we are reminded of what Jesus has done for each of us. So I'll ask that the men, if you would join me, please, at the front of the church. And Father, that flesh, that body of Jesus died. It was wounded. It was beaten. But Father, it was for us. It was on our behalf that Jesus went to the cross. That Father, he was nailed to the cross. And so we are grateful this morning for what Jesus has done for us. In his flesh, Lord, he died on our behalf. We thank you for that, in Jesus' name, amen.
day that I surrender to the mighty cross of Jesus Christ, the earth would shake beneath the weight of dark and sky. This bread represents the body of our Lord. Let's eat together. And for the blood of Jesus, Lord, we're thankful as well. Lord, as he hung on that cross, Lord, his blood is spilt to the ground. Father, he was pierced. He was nailed. And the Bible says that it's that blood that it was so necessary for the remission of sins. Lord, what the blood of bulls and goats in the Old Testament were unable to do the blood of Jesus was. So Lord, we stand forgiven and we thank you in Jesus' name.
Jesus paid it all, for all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed As Jesus was reclining at the table, he took the cup and he looked at his disciples and said, Drink, ye all of it. Let's drink together. Now that we're part of the family of God, now that our sins have been forgiven and we are set free, uh, the Bible says that we are to be God's witnesses. And so the last song that we're going to sing is, I love to tell that story. So as the men are making their way to their seats, you stand with me and let's sing this song together. I love to tell the story of Jesus and his love. Jesus and his love. 
Father, we do thank you this morning for the freedom that you've given to us, that there is no condemnation in us. Lord, you have set us free. Father, this is a wonderful story, a wonderful message, Lord, that you have given to us and something, Lord, that we now must share with others. And so, Lord, we who are in your family, we have been made ambassadors to go and tell, to go and share our stories, your story, that others might be part of your family and have what we have, Lord, the freedom that we have in Christ. So help us to be about our Father's business. I pray now that you were honored, glorified, in everything that we have done this day. Lord, we thank you for salvation in Jesus Christ, that amazing grace that has been extended to us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 